Welcome to Fallout Off the Record, brought to you by Quest Gaming Network. And sponsored in part by the Vault Tech Corporation, revolutionizing safety for an uncertain future. And now, on to our show. Well, hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 38 of Fallout Off the Record. I'm your host, Rick McVick, and with us tonight is Shaleen. We missed you. We totally did. And so before we get into tonight's episode, let's get our sponsors out of the way so we can get right into this thing. So tonight we are sponsored by TweakedAudio.com. If you are in need of some headphones or earbuds to suit your every audio need, head to TweakedAudio.com. They will have the ones that are right for you. And when you pick the pair that is right for you, just enter our code off the record, which is all one word, at checkout, and you'll receive free shipping worldwide and 30% off your order. That's tweakedaudio.com, and enter our code off the record, all one word at checkout. Also, we are sponsored by audible.com, your number one source for all things audiobooks. When you head to audibletrial.com slash questgamingnetwork and sign up for their free 30-day trial, you will receive a free audiobook of your choosing. And tonight, Shaleen recommends Nick Cole's book, Control-Alt-Revolt, and The Red King. Oh, two, two recommends tonight by Nick Cole, a, a former guest on our... Uh, yeah, those both came out next, last week. Did they? That's right. I know he was working on Control-Alt-Revolt. So yeah, if you head to audibletrial.com slash questgamingnetwork and sign up for your free audiobook trial, you can pick one of those two books for free. You can also become a patron of our show by going to patreon.com slash questgamingnetwork, signing up for one of our rewards there. Uh, you can also make a one-time donation via PayPal by our website, questgamingnetwork.com, and it would earn you a shout-out on the show if you would do that. And also, non-financially, you can share us on your social media, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, whatever that you use, Snapchat, although that's only 10 seconds long, I believe. But yeah, send us emails, um, talk to us, you know, it really makes us feel loved and warm inside. Warmer than nuclear fallout. And tonight, we have news, features of the new survival mode, which we've taken some time to play. I love it, by the way. Uh, we have some gameplay this week, lore and weapon of the week, and some emails for you guys. So it is a jam-packed episode tonight there it's going to be a little extra long since we missed last week sorry about that guys but we are excited to be back but yeah since we have so much to get into let's take it away to the news if you like news you're gonna love our next segment what happened in the world of fallout the past two weeks julene well rick it's almost like we have two weeks worth of news here instead of just one week <laughs> worth of news i do not know why that is i know there's so much news so our first item is survival mode is in PC beta, live now. Yay! It began on Tuesday, March the 29th, and according to the article, Bethesda developers felt that this was something they wanted to add toward the end of Fallout 4's development cycle. Uh, during an internal j game jam, Josh Hamrick and John Paul Duvall put together a vision of what overhauled survival mode might look like, and other team members were added, and they built it, and here we are. So there we are. And uh, of course, keep in mind that this is a beta. Features may be added, removed, or changed. Earlier, um, they suggested that the beta could last a month or more before its final release and the console release. Good. So I would expect it on consoles sometime in April. Uh, you can provide feedback for May. the survival beta. May. It's April now. Yeah, it's April now. It was it was March when it came out. Did it? Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Huh. Yeah. I'm a few March weeks the 29th, off. So. 
Anyways, if you are participating in this beta, you can provide feedback at the Survival Beta Forum, and that's how they improve it. That's what the beta is for. It is not just for us to play early. It is for us to provide feedback. <laughs> and here's just a side note. If you are going to try the, the beta, this patch is not compatible with Fallout 1.4. So if you opt out of the beta, you can't take your survival character back with you. Yep. Um, also, just a side note, console commands are disabled in survival mode. Do you want to give us some, some instructions on how to opt into the beta, Rick, since you're very smart? Uh, <laughs> um, what you have to do is you have to go to Steam and right-click on your Fallout 4 game in your Steam library. I think it's Properties, and uh, when you go to the tab there, there's like a, I think a beta tab, I believe. You have to go into that tab and opt into the beta, then it will download the beta. It shouldn't take very long to do, but that's how you do it on PC through Steam. Um, I'm not quite sure how you do it if you have the disc version install it. Not quite sure. Maybe uploading it to Steam or something. I don't know. But that's how you do it through that. Thank you. I knew you would have my back on that. <laughs> and it is worth every single moment, every single click. Yes. I, I'm greatly enjoying it as well, but we'll go into that more later. <laughs> So this next article is not really news as much as it was just a feature that I found online on Forbes.com, which has had a surprising amount of Fallout-related articles Yeah. since I have been doing news searches for, for Fallout. <laughs> it's an opinion article called Fallout 4 Isn't Real, and they, uh, they posit the theory that Fallout 4 doesn't happen. It's just a delusion happening in the mind of the player character. Whoa. And they begin with, why do you defrost both pods and not just the pod with the kid at the beginning? And then they go from there, talking about uh, their different theories as to why why they think Fallout 4 is just uh, imaginary. And I thought that was, it was an interesting read, so that's something you can check out. It's very odd. Yeah, it was really different, and it came from Forbes. So, there you go. Yay, Forbes. <laughs> Our next thing is a bit of Kotaku news. Uh. <laughs> it's, I don't know if it would quite qualify as zany Kotaku news, but here we go. Uh, there was a guy that investigated every single terminal in Fallout 4. Every single one? Every single one. Do you remember several weeks ago when uh, Todd Howard revealed in an interview that there were some unfound Easter eggs? And there was a good one on a terminal that nobody had found yet. Well, YouTuber Levonicus who we mentioned before when he mapped the entire underwater space of Fallout 4. <laughs> he, he used a grid map system and wrote down every place that he visited in, uh, in order to ensure that he visited every terminal. He even no-clipped through each terminal in case it was inside the computer. No-clipped? <laughs> yeah, turned oh. off clipping, yeah. Okay. So, uh, inside the computer, like, did, did you watch Zoolander? <laughs> no, but I watched Reboot, so... As a, okay, as a... well, people that, that watched Zoolander are laughing with me right now. <laughs> as they should, I assume. It totaled out at 1,364 screenshots of terminals, and you can peruse those on Levonicus's Steam profile. There you go. Now, did he ever find that super awesome Easter egg? I don't think he did. I don't think he did find which one it was. Wow. So that must yeah. be a deep cut. Mm-hmm. I uh, I think he just basically posted the screenshots, hoping that the world would help him find it. There we go. 
I don't know. I haven't. I'm not really good at picking up Easter eggs. I missed a lot in New Vegas, especially with Wild Wasteland. Mm-hmm. So I didn't even bother trying. <laughs> yeah. Our next item is a mod, and I think you're gonna like this one, Rick. Probably. Mysterious B.I.G. is the name of this mod, and it replaces the mysterious stranger with Biggie Smalls, complete with notorious B.I.G. lyrics, and it's amazing. It's so good. (laughs) It's really good, Rick. I don't even know what to... It's so funny. It has him in the white suit, and he pops up and does the mysterious stranger thing, you know? Yeah. Kills your enemies, but then it's overcut by just the the notorious B.I.G. song. It's really funny. That is awesome. Is there a video of this somewhere? Oh, there are many videos everywhere. Just search for Mysterious B.I.G. and you'll find it. It's, it's classic. Awesome. I'm waiting for the uh, the official modding tools to come out before I mod Fallout because mm-hmm. I'm afraid to break Fallout yep. because I'm I'm not smart with the uh, with the. Uh, this kind of thing. Yeah, I don't. I'm waiting for that too. I just don't want to take a chance. Even with uh, the survival, I created a new character mm-hmm. just on the on the off chance I wouldn't be able to use my uh, original one. But this is certainly a mod that I will I will be checking out when we have official mod tools. If uh, assuming that they bring it up to date, the mod was made by Giasha and King Toby. So good job, guys. That yes. was great. <laughs> Our next piece of news came from Bethesda.net. Fallout 4's second DLC, Wasteland Workshop, will be available Tuesday, April the 12th. That's next Tuesday on Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and PC. With Wasteland Workshop, you can design and set cages to capture live creatures from raiders to deathclaws. Tame them or have them face off in battle, even against your fellow settlers. The Wasteland Workshop also includes a suite of new design options for your settlements, like Nixie tube lighting, letter kits, taxidermy, and more. And the uh, trailer's out now. Yeah. So before we let's let's talk about the trailer a little bit. And before we get started on that, yes, there was a cat cage. No, I will not kill any. Um, <laughs> just to squelch all those little jokes and rumors. Um, uh, one of the things that caught my eye actually in the pictures was this. It was actually the fusion core generator things that you see in the world where you get the fusion cores out of. I'm mm-hmm. wondering if that's like some core, sort of like core charger. I really kind of hope it is. I think it looks more like a generator to me. To generate electricity to charge your fusion cores. I don't know, Rick. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I hope it's that. I, I thought it would be kind of cool. I don't think they would do that. I think that would kind of break their uh, their fusion core economy. That's true. That's true, I guess. My favorite thing from the trailer was the fact that you can now label things. They're little, uh, <laughs> little like letter stickers. It's like those. It old... kind of looks like a Dymo label maker. Yes, that's what I was gonna say. Like, <laughs> you can paste everything, label mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. Label so all, the all of my, I will no longer open the wrong chest and and be looking at grenades when I want to get a pretty dress out of my pretty dress chest. Oh, great. So. Can just label everything. It's going to be glorious. Ten out of ten. Um, you label like dress, dresses, guns, ammo in that order. <laughs> dresses, pretty dresses, <laughs> hats. Um, I actually do have a suitcase that's just for hats. They are spreading rumors about me in the chat room. 
What are they saying? That I oh, slaughtered an entire ha- stories. <laughs> that I slaughtered an entire house filled with cats. I didn't know such thing. I killed one cat one named cat. Maisie. A single cat. Poor Maisie. R.I.P. Maisie. <laughs> but yeah, the other thing in the trailers too is the fact the fact that you can booby trap your settlements. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is, I mine would need to get attacked for me to actually like booby trap them. Yeah. Why don't you get attacked? Yeah. I get attacked all the dang time. They just see me and run away in fear. Yeah. They know what or I did to Maisie. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they're like, we know what happens if we mess with him. <laughs> Maybe they're coming after my hat collection. <laughs> oh, yeah. Based on the amount of like fashion wear that you have, they exactly. come after you. Um, but other than that, I thought the trailer looked fun. I, I don't quite know since I haven't played it yet, obviously, but I'm, I'm skeptical on, on whether or not this is like worth the price, depending on how much it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Have they released the price at all? It's four ninety nine American. Okay. That, okay. That's not too bad. Depending on all that stuff. That, that's not so bad. Of but... course, if you have the season pass, it is included in the season pass. Cool. Awesome. Any, anything else that stuck out in that trailer? I'm trying to think. Um, there's Thunderdomes. You can build a Thunderdome and, and fight your uh, Pokemon, a.k.a. the I, creatures that you can was, catch. you got to catch them all. Uh, mm-hmm. The other thing I thought was funny with the trailer is that the person they had fighting the Deathclaw was Preston uh, Garvey. <laughs> so I yeah. felt like are they kind that of That was running? really funny. Was like, Shut up and go fight a Deathclaw. <laughs> mm. like, Darn it, he survived. <laughs> so I, I wasn't sure if that was the... Uh, the joke there or not, but I thought it was funny. It was quite funny. Our next piece is, uh, I originally found it on Game Informer, but went to Bethesda.net for more details. On an earlier episode, we talked about how Bethesda is returning to E3 with their own press conference this year. And it turns out they have even more planned. It's called BE3+. After their showcase, uh, their main press conference, attendees can go hands-on with game demos, hosted interviews, food and drinks, and they teased a top-secret band that will be taking the stage at 9 p.m. They wanted to stress that the event is not just for media and industry insiders, but also for the fans. You have to arrange your own travel to Los Angeles, but you can sign up for a chance to attend at be3showcase.bethsoft.com. And, of course, if you can't go, they will be streaming it on YouTube and Twitch, starting with the pre-show at 6.15 Pacific. And I just want to put a PSA out there to uh, everyone there at Bethesda. Our, we haven't got our invitations yet. <laughs> we're, still we're, still, we're still waiting for those to come. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, I th- Rick. I think it sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. I they have to have something big up their sleeve to put a whole event together again. I, I'm, I'm pretty excited. Yeah, so I, I just like I said, I just feel like there's something going on that the reason for this whole big event. I mean, the last one was just merely because of Fallout for the most part. Mm-hmm. You know, the icing on the cake. So I'm wondering what that's going to be this year. So did you put in for a chance to attend? Did you register at the website? No, I'm in school. Oh yeah, I thought about it, but I thought, man, I don't know how how much it would cost to fly to Los Angeles, and yeah, I, I don't I don't trust myself to drive in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's what Uber is for. Mm-hmm. But so, uh, 
But yeah, so well, that'll be fun to watch. I don't know if I'm going to put in for it or not, but there, we have until May to decide if we want to put in for that. But yeah, I, it'll be fun to watch on online. So, but but if yeah. you know the if the invites do happen to show up in our uh, mailbox, which I'm sure they just got lost in the mail, um, you know, I'll, Damon, I'll attend. I'll attend. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think we should, uh, in, in lieu of these invitations that are face it, probably not going to appear. I think we should maybe do kind of a, a special live stream or a podcast. Yeah. You know? Yeah, we'll do something. Because that's kind of the birthday of the show. We announced the show that's true. formally on the night of Bethesda's last E3 press conference, which was pretty cool. That is true. There that we was go. a fun Then we should do something. Anyway, moving along. <laughs> Our next item is from The Verge. Sculptor Chris Vieira used tinfoil, wire, and clay to create a sculpture of a deathclaw, and he filmed the process. And it's awesome. Did you watch this video? I didn't watch the video, but I did see the sculpture, and it is terrifying. It is a very, very cool video. Seeing the process going from just nothing, just, you know, tools into becoming that statue. It was cool. You can watch this video yourself, finding Chris Vieira's YouTube at sculpture underscore geek. So check awesome. that out. And one final bit of news. Fallout won the BAFTA for best game yesterday. So congrats to the team from all of us here at Quest Gaming Network. Yes, congratulations to that. It's well-deserved. That's all I have to say about that. And that's all you have to say about that? I, I actually, I've had such a busy week. It's the first week of school for me, so I haven't, I didn't even look at any of the news for this stuff. Um, so I, I, I only found out they won uh, at BAFTA by your tweet. <laughs> Yeah. Actually, technically, I, I saw that uh, Pete Hines had liked it, and I was like, what did he interact mm -hmm. with us for? So, yeah, that's the only reason. <laughs> you know what? Whenever we get, like, the occasional like from Mr. Hines or from Matt Grandstaff, um, which happens once in a while, it makes me super self-conscious about every other tweet I've ever made from that account. <laughs> so I think these are important people, and I probably wasted their time. <laughs> No. Yeah. No time wasted. Anyway, I had some post-National Enquirer. Do you want to talk about that? Let's go ahead and do it. In researching the news, you have seen, or I have seen, depending on who's reading this. Oh, I shouldn't have read that. Uh, lot of Easter egg speculation. Um, so let's see here. Since Shaleen does all the research news you posed, does do the monkeys playing ping pong hint at upcoming co-op? Yeah, I heard some people discussing that that might be a, a hint to that, that particular monkey Easter egg. I haven't seen, uh, I haven't seen this monkey ping pong. So Really? Yeah. People I, were tweeting it at us. Um, yeah, like, I saw that. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> I, I don't think, I don't think this game should do multiplayer or co-op. I don't think it should be an add-on or a DLC. I think it should be a standalone and not by Bethesda core team, if you get what I mean. Um, the only reason I say that is because there's a lot of survival MMOs or a lot of survival multiplayers out there that I feel like if Bethesda tries to put in... It's basically like what's going to happen with like ESOTR, or not ESOTR, um, Elder Scrolls Online. There's a lot of elements that break the story of it. You know, the idea yeah. of oneness. And I think they'd have to do that in a way 
I think maybe Bethesda's core team that works on all the fallouts might be a little too intimate with Fallout. So if there is a co-op for it, which I don't think there should be, um, I, I think it should be an offshoot of, of Bethesda, someone else in the company. You know what I mean? Like some other developer in the... Uh... Yeah, I could see that. I think, I don't know, I think I would like co-op in just plain old Fallout. Yeah, I just would I be think so... it would be fun. I just would be so afraid that they would miss it and it would destroy that idea entirely. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I don't know. Well, the other thing was there's a little... Okay, you know the blocks, the letter blocks? Oh, that I was the other thing I wanted to ask you. What does June yeah. blocks mean? June blocks means, you know those letter blocks that are in Fallout? <laughs> uh, yes. Like, oh, yeah. In Automatron, there was a little Easter egg where there were some blocks on a ladder that said June. And June is, of course, the uh, month in which the E3 press conference is happening. Whoa. <sighs> huh. Um, that's weird. Like I said, there's a reason that they're doing this, and it's not like they would say, Fallout 5, everyone. Um I think that would be ridiculously stupid to do because it would start to turn into Call of Duty at this point. Um, so maybe we can expect like uh, maybe we can expect a co-op thing of some sort. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's possible. I don't know. I just a don't... lot of people have been wondering if there might be a New Vegas style, you know, between the numbers fallout. Um, and there again, that would be great. That might even entail co-op, but yeah, I. I We'll get into my thoughts about that sort of thing when we talk about survival, which is our next upcoming segment, which is all about Fallout 4 survival mode. Now, um, do you want to give our thoughts on survival mode or do you want to go over the features of it first? I don't care. <laughs> of course. You're driving the show. <laughs> of course. Well, let's let's go ahead and give our thoughts since it ties into what we were just talking about with June, if it's some sort of in-between, like a Fallout New Vegas sort of thing. Um Fallout New Vegas, as we know, had the hardcore mode, which is, you know, heart, this survival mode harkens back to and probably takes to, like, the nth degree now. With, uh, let's see, I have my thoughts on it down here. What I put them. So, basically, I love the survival mode. I've been playing the beta for a while, and if the survival mode came out at launch, I would have loved Fallout 4. That being said, I now love Fallout 4. It's just I would have loved it when it hit. The reason is because I wanted this dark brooding kind of feeling, this 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 overtone of the mystery that Fallout 3 gave you when you first tried it. Because a lot of us, our first experience with Fallout was 3, and that it was so mysterious to us, um, us people who started it, you know, we didn't know what was going on, we didn't know what the mechanics were, it was just a whole new world, a whole new thing. And, um, you know, New Vegas kind of brought that in with hardcore mode where you were a little more afraid to face a death claw and you didn't feel so OP all the time. I really wanted that with Fallout 4, but it didn't take long for you to feel super powered. I know when we first started this game, we said that you felt a little underpowered in the beginning levels. And that is true. But the second you hit like level 10, for the most part, you're pretty much OP. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I felt pretty unstoppable and I, I did not enjoy that. Yes. So, you know, my initial thoughts on survival without going into all the mechanics, which we will hit on, um, the thirst, hunger, and fatigue mechanics um, are great, but they do feel a bit fast. 
I love killing things in combat with one shot, but you can get killed in one shot now. So it's a very weird, like, you start to feel confident, and then one hit takes your health completely away, and it brings you back down to that level of, oh, I'm, I'm nothing in this game. That that fear of back uh, that fear is back. Like the fear of being killed, the fear of what's around the corner, the fear of just the wasteland in general, or in this case now the Commonwealth. Saving is obviously tough because they've changed that. Um, you cannot fast travel, which that again changes the whole dynamic of the game. When you can't just quick save in the middle of a dungeon, or you can't just fast travel back to Sanctuary when you get done dealing with Preston uh, Garvey in uh, Concord. Um, the feel of the game has changed to feel more unknown. The idea that the grenade symbol is a game over, um, it was a game changer rather. Shotguns are the best thing or worst thing, depending on who's got one in their hand. And power armor really does not make you invincible. Ammo is scarce, but it's so needed and obviously, but more needed than it is in the main, uh, you know, normal versions. Water is readily available, but you th go thirsty so fast that you drink a lot of it very fast. And we'll get into more about survival tips in survival. The overall feeling of this is the sense that you are in fact mortal and not the bullet sponge that you normally are. Um, and I find that I really do need to explore stuff to keep surviving and to save. Um, settlements are like integral to this survival mode. Uh, I need people to run supplies back and forth to my settlements so I can create settlements to like have like readily accessible water and uh, safe spots. Also for sleeping because you can't get a good night's rest anywhere else. Um, this like the line between living and dying is a lot thinner than the normal versions of this game, and that's awesome for the hardcore audience that needed it at the start of this. Like I really wish that they had. I guess I can understand why they didn't put it in there. But I really wish they did. I'm one of the lucky ones that fell back in love with this game after playing this, uh, after playing with the survival mode. So sorry, Division. I'm stuck with Fallout now. But what are your what are your thoughts on this survival mode after my rambling? So you've watched uh, Nacho Libre, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you know when uh, he, um, Nacho is having Sister Encarnacion tell him. You know, what are your favorite things? She's like, I like poopies. I like, you know, all this stuff. Volleyball. <laughs> and, then toast. He, and then he tells her, you got to be kidding me. All the things you said are my favorite thing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, that's how I feel about all the things you just said are also my favorite <laughs> things about survival mode. You covered it really well. Oh, thank you. I do have a couple more things to add. Yeah. I do wish we could have a save state, just a single save state for when we have to leave the game and go to work because um, that happens sometimes. Like I, I don't usually have a two hour block to sit and play video games. I have, you know, 15 minutes and then I have 20 minutes and then I have 10 minutes and I would really like to be able to just, you know, have a single save state and I understand that they don't want us saving uh, unless the bed, you know, to make it hardcore. But it could delete itself as soon as you start again. So you can't use it to reload your game. That's how it works uh, on the virtual console. So hmm. I, I think that would be something that could work. Um, that would be something that I would enjoy. But maybe not everybody else. <laughs> this no fast travel thing seems really hard. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing at the chat room. <laughs> the no fast travel seems really hard. I'm not sure how much I like that. 
And the diseases are very hard. Every time I cure one disease, I get another disease. And I have insomnia, so I need more sleep. I don't think they understand how insomnia works. (laughs) And finally, I just kept fatigue as a disease because that way I wouldn't get another stupid disease. Huh. And the fatigue was was not so bad. Huh. So. I, I thought the fatigue came on pretty quickly, actually. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hey, I've been awake for four hours. I'm fatigued. No, fatigue is, yeah. Fatigue is a disease. I know, but I mean, after four hours, like, already. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I, I, I agree on the diseases. Um, I'm not quite sure how insomnia works either, because I thought that made sense. So, also... Yeah. You don't like when you have insomnia, you can't sleep. Oh. <laughs> but the idea of insomnia in Fallout 4 is that you have to sleep like 10 hours instead of 8 hours. <laughs> what would they call that, then, if you can't sleep? If you have insomnia, that should mean that you lay down to sleep for 8 hours, but you sleep for 3. Oh. <laughs> gotcha. Um, I like the fast travel thing. I, I feel like, I mean, well, granted, um, gran- granted, obviously it does make the game harder and it's kind of like a forcing you to explore kind of thing. But, uh, I, I don't know. I, I like the way it changes. The game doesn't feel quite as big. It feels smaller, but at the same time, no, it makes the game feel bigger. And not. I have to change the way I approach quests. What do you mean? I usually jump all over the map, you know, mm-hmm. I'll do a thing and then I, I just go everywhere all the time. And I can't really do that. Because it takes so darn long, and so many terrible disasters can befall you <laughs> between here and there. That's very true, and uh, I don't know. To me, that to me that just makes the game much more inviting. Because it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I've got to trek down to, for instance, like if I've got to make it down to Diamond City, I don't have a settlement. You know, the closest settlement I have is maybe Red mm-hmm. Rocket, um, or maybe Starlight Drive-In. And to get between, I- go ahead. I feel like instead of having a home base now, I'm going to actually live at all the settlements. I'll actually spend time at all the settlements. Yeah, no, I'm the same way. I mean, the thing that I noticed uh, early in my gameplay is, you know, I wanted to make a character that was a loner. So um, I'll get into that a little bit more in the gameplay segment, but I wanted to make him a loner. And not really rely on anyone. Kind of like between, across between that guy who just stayed in Sanctuary the whole time he uh, played Fallout 4. Kind of like that sort of thing. The problem was, I found out very, very fast that you need people to survive in this. In this, And uh, yeah. it, it definitely changes the way that you play this game. So let's get into a couple of the mechanics that we kind of touched on them. But let's go a little bit more in depth into... Uh, the survival mode. Do you, um, let's see here. Since we haven't really obfuscated all of our notes, let's focus on like some of their goals that they wanted to do. So this was mainly a joint effort between Josh Hamrick and, uh, John Paul Duvall, right? I would love to. Yeah. I would love to get them on the show so, and just pick their brains. So if anybody from Thust is listening, please come on the show. <laughs> yes. But it was kind of a joint effort between them, like we mentioned before. Uh, it was because of that game j- game jam um, and that sort of thing that they kind of came out with this. Uh, one of the things that they really wanted to focus on was tough choices. And 
let's see what they say here since we pretty much just pulled it in. They wanted you to focus on strategy, exploration, and resource management, and even role-playing. So, I'll, you know, as far as strategy, it definitely changes the way that you approach situations. Uh, you, I tend to be tactical anyway, but it still changed the way that I was tactical. Um, again, with the exploration, because you can't fast travel and you do need a bed to save. Not to mention, you need a particular type of bed to get a full night's sleep. Or to be yeah. well to be well rested. On a dirty mattress, you can only get five hours of sleep. And on a I think diet. if I was living in the wasteland, I could sleep a full night on a dirty mattress. I think I'd make do. Depends on the dirt. Um, and you can only sleep. Uh, and you can only sleep uh, for three hours on a sleeping bag. So. Uh, I understand what they're trying to do with that. You can still save on those things, but you just can't take away your fatigue. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think I do understand what they're saying. Like if you're out traveling, you'd never, or even if you're camping, you tend to never get as well of a, a rest as you do in your own home in, you know, a climate controlled environment or whatever. So I, I kind of understand what they're trying to do that, what they're trying to do there. Um, you know, the exploration, like they said, their goal was to slow down the pace of the game and encourage players to explore the nooks and crannies of the world. That is very true. The weird mm -hmm. thing is, I swear there were 50 million beds in the wasteland, and now there's only like two. Exactly. I swear <laughs> they took away some beds. I feel like they did. They took beds away when they put this in. I don't I don't think they did, but it's certainly like, I need to save. It's been a half an hour. Where's uh -huh. the bed? Where's the bed? <laughs> so it's... Where is it? I couldn't find any beds in Sanctuary. Like, I'll, I'll, we'll get to that later. Oh, but. okay. Because I was going to say, there's, like, tons of beds in Sanctuary. Like, uh, the underground bed is the only bed in Sanctuary. Really? I went in every dang house, oh, Rick. True. Every You're dang right. house. You're absolutely right. But um, it doesn't take that long to build a sleeping bag. Or even a bed out of materials. But you're right. Mm -hmm. In Sanctuary, there is only one bed. I had that trouble when I went down to uh, Concord. I, I couldn't find a bed at first. So resource management is the other thing that they tried to do. They tried to balance out the items in the world that may be too easy to acquire or hoard <clears throat> adhesive, giving players more to consider when planning their current loadout. Now, excuse me, sorry. I find that, now maybe Shaleen can correct me on this or not, or I should say Shaleen can and will correct me on this. Crafting, things are a lot more expensive now. I hadn't noticed I never pay attention to how much something costs unless I'm out of it. <laughs> I I uh, I feel like things cost more, or maybe this is hinting at the fact that things are harder to come by, such as adhesive and that sort of thing. Uh, it's definitely more difficult to craft. Um, the other thing is, too, that I feel like pieces in the settlement are harder to craft. I feel like there's less food to plant. Um, there is certainly less ammo, but enough of it to keep your guns, you know full or at least halfway full uh it definitely changes when you think about approaching a situation with the loadout and exploration all these things kind of fall into tough choices should i take the shotgun that's more powerful but i have less ammo for should i save it should i take the weak pistol because it has more ammo that sort of thing should i take grenades because if i throw it wrong it will kill me um, you know, or if it blows up in my face, should I take mines? Cause what if it sets off this? So it, it definitely changes, you know, other than like, Oh, if I get hit by my own mine, it'll just like cripple me or whatever. And I can just stim pack it away. It changes all that. 
So, um, yeah, that 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 kind of stuff is definitely true. Do you want to do you want to say anything more on that, Shalene? No, I think we're good. Okay, so um, where are we moving to here? Well, we could talk about the sleep and the fast okay. traveling and that sort of thing. We we talk about that a little bit, I believe. Well, yeah, we've already covered that. I think uh, one of the things that we do want to mention too that definitely the lethal leth lethality 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 it just sounds like the wrong way to say it um that stuff is definitely increased as well like i like i mentioned yes. you can like shoot somebody and kill them in one shot and then you're dead in one shot mm-hmm. it takes um with an unmodded boxing glove three punches to take down a raider i can confirm hmm. so three three seems, seems a little like lax i would think I don't know. Well, could I, I mean, like, I couldn't kill someone at the punches. Yeah. So, but I have noticed that I die a lot faster. Um, adrenaline. Do you want? Do you do you understand what that is? I'm not quite. I've never yes. paid attention to it. Let's let's. When you kill adrenaline. somebody and then you kill somebody else, you get adrenaline, and as you continue to kill people, your adrenaline increases, and that gives you like a damage bonus, like a like a five percent damage buff, and I think it can go up to ten percent. And, uh, oh, it says you can have an extra 50. I guess I could look at the notes instead of just <laughs> going out of my head here. Um, every five kills in, increases your adrenaline rank, adding 5% bonus damage for up to an extra 50% damage at the max rank of 10. That extra damage is alluring. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> but then when you sleep, it takes away your adrenaline. Oh. So. I love this. Adrenaline motivates the types of stupid decisions that always lead to the best water cooler stories. <laughs> that is that is quite true. Um, so that's how the wellness me- or the wellness. That's how the adrenaline Adren- mechanic works. I never pay attention to my adrenaline. I just kind of, I don't know. Yeah, I've noticed that I, I was getting it, but not much beyond that. I don't think I've spent as much time in survival mode as you have either. So le- next, let's talk about exhaustion, hunger, and thirst. Now. Like we said before, I think these mechanics, um, I think these mechanics are too quick. Uh, mm-hmm. I agree. I, you get hungry really fast, and especially the uh, exhaustion mechanic. I feel like I'm awake for four hours, and I've just walked around sanctuary and built things, and like in four hours, I'm I'm tired, and it's just kind of mm-hmm. like I, I don't think that that is accurate, kind of in real life. And I know that they have a sped up clock. I get that. The thirst mechanic, I understand. I'm thirsty now. <laughs> and I've only been on the show for 40 minutes. So I, I get the uh, thirst thing. However... Thirst is hard, man, in this game. Thirst is real hard. Well, I, I don't think so. Because let me give you a tip. I figured this out pretty early on. When I was actually in the vault, I figured this out. I picked up a bunch of beer bottles because I figured, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm a mechanic. I craft things. You know, I pick up everything, pick up all the bottles, pick up all the cups. And I went to go to the water cooler in the vault. And I noticed that if I hit R, it would fill a bottle. Right. So if you have an empty Nuka-Cola bottle or an empty bottle of any sort, you fill it with a purified water source or dirty water source. It will actually give you that in your item. And as you know, you take three dirty bottles of water and you can um, make use three dirty bottles to make one clean uh, purified water bottle. The other thing, too, is you can build a water pump in your settlement. Those are purified water sources. So at every settlement, 
you can have a purified water source that you can take bottles to to then fill up with purified water so you're never out of water. That's the cool thing because make sure that you take away your thirst and then fill up your bottles so that way you can maximize your water sources. Hunger, I find myself cooking every piece of meat that I can find because it actually... I have found that the prepackaged pre-war foods take down your hunger faster but give you more rads can make you sick. If you cook food, you take less rads from it. I don't think you take any mm -hmm. rads from it at all. And no. it does take away your hunger. So like killing bloat flies, um, rad stags, you know, anything like that. Cook the meat. Don't eat raw meat. It will make you ill, which is another thing mm -hmm. about wellness. There are herbal supplements you can take. There are antibiotics. If you find those, hoard them. Um, they are very valuable to surviving. So, uh, yeah. What do you think about these mechanics as far as, like we mentioned, they were fast. Any, any other, like, what do you like about them? Well, I like that they exist and that they, they give me other things to think about. Um, that was something that I enjoyed in hardcore mode in New Vegas is having hunger and thirst. And uh, I don't know. It is really, it does seem like the thirst is fast, but. Another thing to point well, out. I, I used food for healing mostly on my main Xbox character. I used food for healing more than stim packs. I have, um, I was playing earlier today on that character and I have like 560 stim packs <laughs> in my inventory <laughs> yeah. because I never used them. But I, I have found that I didn't have much problem with the, the radiation from, from the, the snack cakes and the, you know, Salisbury steak and whatever. And, uh, it takes like three items to make your hunger go away uh, when you're using the prepackaged items. I don't remember how many it was for, for cooked food. I wasn't really using the cooked food. I was saving it for health regeneration. Mm, gotcha. Because the, uh, the prepackaged food no longer gives you hit points. It just satiates your hunger. And three items satiate your hunger. And it seems to me like that's a lot. I don't know. I guess you're burning a lot of calories, but... <laughs> If I eat a whole box of Fancy Lad snack cakes, like, I'm not hungry anymore. I'm, I'm not. You've got to ask yourself how much of that Fancy Lad snack cake is edible. Yeah, you think I have to throw away some of the snack cakes? That's what I would think. I don't know. I think they're all, all good. They're uh, all fine. They're indestructible. I would think, too, that uh, if you're eating mold, that should, like, increase your uh, antibodies, right? Because penicillin, mold. Hmm. That's, uh, I'm being, that's one way to think about it. I'm being stupid. Um, but this kind of leads into fatigue a little bit. We touched on this. Um, it, fatigue mostly comes from being tired, but it also uh, hunger and thirst affect this as well. It acts like radiation, but affects your AP points. So the more fatigued you are, the less AP points mm -hmm. you have. Um, so, yeah, the, you can... You can uh, yeah, it takes out your AP in a red bar in the same way that radiation takes down your hit points. Correct. And it, you can relieve it by doing one of three things, sleeping, eating, or drinking. So it depends on what's affecting your fatigue. That'll take it away. Mm -hmm. And you can uh, you can use caffeine. Nuka-Colas have caffeine and yep. stuff. Oh, so, I, didn't, I didn't realize that. Yeah, Nuka-Colas have caffeine. So, yeah. Uh, and then, oh, uh, yeah, bed types. We were talking about this a little bit as well. Um, mm -hmm. The type of bed that you're sleeping in limits the length of time you're able to sleep. Like we mentioned, dirty mattresses, five hours, sleeping bags, three, clean beds, I guess, in your settlement, eight. Um, uh, sorry, chat room again. 
I know I didn't even notice this until I actually was fatigued and I tried to sleep it away because I was pretty badly fatigued and <laughs> I hit like 24 hours and I, I hit 24 hours and I woke up three hours later saying you can only sleep for three hours in a sleeping bag. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you can make a settlement, find your settlements or find a clean bed to sleep in or a hotel in one of the very few places. Yeah, can... I've used hotels. I don't, I don't think I ever rented a room on the Xbox, on my Xbox playthrough. I don't think I ever one time rented a room. And I've already rented a room at the dugout like six times now. <laughs> so Nice. Anyway. Um do you want to take the... Uh, have you had any experience with the illness and, or antibiotics? Have I had any experience with the illness and antibiotics, Rick? Yes, I have. <laughs> I've had a lot of experience with illness and antibiotics. Okay, well, let's save the stories and let's talk about the experiences you've learned or the lessons. Right yes. <laughs> I've, I've been real ill. You can, There are several different illnesses. They all affect you in different ways. And uh, as your wellness decreases, your chance of getting sick increases... There are antibiotics that exist. You can craft those. You need a particular perk to craft those, a perk that requires you to be intelligent to to craft those. So if you are, say, not intelligent, you will never be able to craft them. That's dumb. And doctors sell them, and nobody else really sells them. (laughs) I've had a few (laughs) things drop them. Yes, I uh, I found some in a box one time, like in a, in a shoe box under somebody's bed. And it's, yeah, it's real hard to find antibiotics. So they are precious. Yeah. And uh, some things give you an illness. Certain creatures can give you illness. Um, eating raw meat, as you said earlier. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's illness. And then uh, how about radiation? I haven't had many problems with that. Well, radiation works pretty much the same way that it did before, except that when you take things like Radex and Radaway, it makes you have a weakened immune system. It makes you tired, it makes you have a weakened immune system, and you are more vulnerable to illness. So that's, I think that's actually pretty cool, that they've given a negative effect to Radaway. Yeah, the antibiotics do the same thing. They actually make you thirsty and hungry. Mm-hmm. So. Cotton mouth. <laughs> Yeah, that's also from the herbal supplements. Um, so also kind of going along with the medical theme of this, um, Stimpak's slow, Stimpak's healing is very, very slow. It takes forever. Very, very slow. Forever. So it's just, you can't spam the Stimpak key and it's nice because if you're like, you know, you're in the middle of a firefight and you jam a Stimpak into your arm mm-hmm. and then slowly, and it, you know, you heal up. So you got to just take cover and avoid enemy contact. And again, there again, changes how you tac- think tactically about that game. Mm-hmm. I have the hiccups. I am so sorry. Hey, you can't really afford to take as many hits as you could before. Yep. And cr- crippled limbs. Have we talked about that? No, we, we haven't talked about crippled limbs. Crippled limbs no longer auto heal after combat, which is not a thing I realized they did because apparently I was pretty assiduous at healing my crippled limbs. I didn't realize that too. <laughs> you can use a stim pack to heal them uh, or sleep it off. And yeah, that's, that's crippled limbs. <laughs> <laughs> you can sleep off a crippled limb. Apparently sleep it off. Nice. Oh, I slept eight hours. My leg is unbroken now. It's better. It's a wasteland miracle. 
carry weight has also been affected um, in the sense that you can't carry as much and ammo now weighs. However, bottle caps still don't. Mm-hmm. Why not? Stim packs also have weight. Mm-hmm. So there will be no carrying 560 stim packs into <laughs> battle. That's true. And also, speaking of that, if you are over encumbered, you can hurt your backs. I love that so much. And you should. Like, if you carry too too much weight, you should hurt your back. Because you do, in real life. As a postal worker can confirm. Lift heavy things, hurt your back. <laughs> <laughs> it does It doesn't only make sense. So keep in mind when you're packing, um, you know, when you're... You can't necessarily always go loaded for bear uh, when you go kill Deathclaws. Or I guess loaded for Deathclaws in this case. Because, you know, ammo weighs. And a whole bunch of mini nukes weigh a ton. Also, companion costs now. The carrier weight, the carry weight for companions has been decreased. Uh, they also do not get back up automatically after combat if they are down. You have to heal them with a stim pack. And if you do not, they will go home. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I've experienced that too. So that adds sort of a sort of a disadvantage to having companions with you. Because if you don't have a ton of stim packs, like do I really need to have, you know, Piper there or is she just going to be a drain on my stim packs? Mostly a drain on your stim packs. Yeah. It also changes, like, do I really need to attack this, like, small band of raiders I see? Mostly yes, mm-hmm. but sometimes, depending on if you're returning from a mission, um, you, don't, you don't attack them. I have avoided things already because I just didn't want to waste the ammo. So Yeah, same here. I've snuck by several several different encounters speaking of ammo enemy and loot repopulation has changed locations you've cleared will now repopulate with new enemies and loot significantly at a slower rate uh, at a significantly slower rate which means you know you go to this place cleared out fast travel away fast travel back all of a sudden it's repopulated with uh you know full kit and enemies again that won't happen Mm -hmm. so you know time to think about how much you can mine if you will uh, for materials, it's going to change how you build things. You know, no longer the uh, massive warehouses full of power armor. It'll be like one set of power armor just kind of stashed someplace, and the rest are just kind of parked around. Not like this big full warehouse thing. You know, it's, it changes how you build. So yeah, uh, there has been an update to the survival beta as of April sixth, which was two days ago. Thirst and hunger and sleep icons change color based on status. Before they just showed up green, now they show up different colors. Um, I haven't seen this yet because I haven't played in a little bit. Um, Less food and drink are required. So that's probably going to (laughs) change some of my earlier comments. Carry capacity has been lowered. The sleep cycle has been lowered from 24 hours to 14 hour days. Do you know what they are talking about with that? No, I did not understand what they meant. Like... Does that mean we need more sleep or less sleep? I, think I, that, I have no idea. That probably means more sleep. Um, you get insomnia quicker, which makes sense. I get tired if I'm up for 24 hours straight. I think anybody would. Um, so let's see here. Fusion core is way more, which makes sense. Quantums no longer cancel caffeine effects from Nuka Nuka Cola Cherry. And when Companion is down, a quest target will appear on them. I think that's glorious because I spent like 20 minutes looking for Piper the other day. Did you? I did. I couldn't find her. She was, uh, she was, like, hiding by the side of the church. <laughs> nice. 
They also have some other fixes uh, in there as well that we don't need to get into. I'm sure that you can find a list of those someplace on the interwebs. Indeed. But for the moment, you've all been waiting for the gameplay of the week. So why don't you take it away, Shaleen, and talk about your special character that you... Oh. Okay. Um, I have... Are you okay? What's I, happening? I, nothing. I just I felt really bad after I said special character. I oh, meant it, I meant yeah. it in a very... <laughs> he is special. I meant it because everyone loves him. He's special in a lot of ways. He's special mm. in a lot of different ways. <laughs> okay, so um, to start, we're going to save him, though, for a little bit later. Hmm. I played a lot of Fallout Shelter um, because we were, I was talking about it. You know, we were doing the challenge and I just, I jumped back in. I started at the top floor and I was moving down, trying to perfect all of my dwellers all the way down. And uh, I had really forgotten how addictive this game is. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a big vault that I have and it's pretty hard to manage when you're trying to really micromanage every room. But I, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed my time with Fallout Shelter. The day-night cycle that they added is surprisingly, surprisingly nice. And, uh, yeah, Fallout Shelter, yay. I, I have since abandoned it because Mitomo came out, but there you go. <laughs> you have been posting about that, like, all week. Yeah, I've had a lot of fun with the picture, the picture feature of Mitomo, putting my little me into Ruby and... Where's Waldo and the sad Keanu meme? It's been quite fun. I did play my uh, Xbox character a bit. And uh, I had finished up with Automatron and I built an iBot pod, which is, is nice. The little iBots, you can send them out to find you caches of material. And then you go collect the, the material. And... Uh, I don't know. It makes me really lament that they did not make an iBot companion or the possibility to build an iBot companion. And uh, I think it's even it's cruel that they, they there's an, an iBot in the game and you can't have one. You know, it's, it just makes me sad. It makes me sad. Do you miss Eddie? I miss Eddie. Eddie forever will live in my heart. And I was glad that I found so many little robot models in Automatron, you know, the little collectible models, because I lost a whole bunch of my robot models that were in the vanilla game because they glitched through the floor. Dogmeat knocked them all on the floor and they glitched through the floor and I was only able to save two of them. It was very sad. I'm sorry. And I was grinding levels for unspecified reasons. And I found this place that I'd never seen before. It was this little cabin where this guy was writing a book. And it was really funny because he's writing his journal, right? And he's talking about, like, his shrew of a wife that he hates. And uh, just, ah, oh, he's just saying horrible things about his wife. And he says, hey, you know, I went out and, and shot some crabs. And I would totally teach my son how to shoot if I had one. But I've only got daughters. You're not good for anything, are you, Carol? And then you open up the book that he's writing, and the dedication page says, um, 
to my loving wife Carol and my beautiful daughters, you're my inspiration. Oh, and now every kind of... time that I read a dedication page like that, I'm going to think of this. <laughs> the author secretly hates who he's dedicated the <laughs> <your> book to. <laughs> I also found the village people robots, and that made my day. What? I hadn't found them yet. Have you found them? No. The little protectrons? Oh. There's this little area, like a little hidden area, and you can turn on these robots and there's a cop protectron and a fireman protectron, a construction worker protectron, an EMT protectron. And they come out and stand on the little stage and then they parade around there. It's, it's so cute. That's awesome. That's awesome. So anyway, that was my, my time with my Xbox character. But I played a whole bunch of, of survival mode. And when I was, I was excited to get back to Forrest Gump my my melee character and it occurred to me when i was typing up these show notes that we've done enough episodes of this show that there are probably people that have no idea what i mean when i say forrest gump you know <laughs> that's true that was, that was new a listeners ago. will not know that's been a really long time but longtime listeners will recall that i did a trophy run of fallout 3 on my playstation 3 as a stupid character that I named Forrest Gump, and uh, he uh, punched his way across the wasteland as an unarmed combatant that often found himself with no clothes and addicted to drugs. <laughs> and uh, so I, I decided to revive him in Fallout 4 for survival mode. Uh, my Fallout 3 character, you will call, looked a little bit like Glenn from The Walking Dead, except with, like, a golden mullet. And... <laughs> Uh, in this game, I thought, okay, I tend to be one of those people that can spend hours and hours in character creation. I can spend two hours in character creation. I can spend so long that I wish there was a sa I could save the game during character creation and come back to it later. And uh, I, I decided I'm not going to do that this time. I'm just going to play the default guy, you know, just how he looks normally, you know, the one in all the promotional materials. And I booted it up and I thought, okay, but I hate this hairdo though. I'm just going to change the hairstyle. So I go in to change the hairstyle. I give him a pompadour and then I'm like, no, I'm going to change the color too. I I'm going to make him a blonde. So I made him a blonde and I thought, you know what? I don't really like the redness on his nose. I'm just going to take that off. And 45 minutes later, I have this uh, pretty handsome-looking guy, you know, blonde hair, looks nothing like the guy in the promotional materials, nothing like him at all. <laughs> but he does apparently look exactly like uh, Biofan's character, um, as he tweeted at me later. <laughs> and for his special stats, of course, Forrest Gump is, uh, he's not the sharpest tool in the shed. So his, uh, his intelligence is, of course, a one. I gave him, I think, a six strength and six endurance, and I gave him very high luck because he is a very, very lucky guy, Forrest Gump. And I gave him a few points of charisma, and that is Forrest Gump's special. Nice. <laughs> and I've got to say that it is really disappointing to play as an idiot with this voice acting. <laughs> you know, because he just he has the same voice acting, whether he's stupid or whether he's, you know smart and, and debonair and whatever. That's true. And 
I was really disappointed. And I kind of feel like if they wanted to tell us such a specific story, maybe they should have really committed to that and not tried to keep with the player freedom that they always prioritize in games. I feel like those two things are at odds. The specific story that they're trying to tell and the uh, the player freedom that they always emphasize. Anyway. So I was leaving the vault and I, I did make it through the vault. My goal <laughs> is hope. to get through this game. What's up, Rick? I said I would hope. Yeah. <laughs> My goal is to get through this game without ever firing a shot hmm. as an unarmed character. And I don't know how how far I'm going to get with that. I think I may have to allow grenades. Hmm. Why, I don't do, know. You, why do you say that? Because it's going to be real hard. <laughs> real hard. Okay. Yeah. Uh, to do this unarmed. It's going to be real hard. But, I think I may have to allow grenades. But... If you uh, if you if you if you use grenades, Shaleen, you're gonna change. You you won't get that achievement in your head. You know what I mean? So you can't. Well, I will grenades. if I change if I change the rules in my head. You can't. Then you can't. Anyway, we'll see how long I'm able to not fire a shot on survival. I've had a hard time not saving. Um, I had to go to work. I got out of the vault and I got down to sanctuary and I had to go to work like right now. It was time to go to work. And I, I didn't want to lose everything I had done building my character and everything. And I'm like, okay, Codsworth, I don't have time to talk with you. And I'm running around all the houses looking for a bed and there's not a stupid bed in all of sanctuary. Not, a, not a bed. And finally I remembered the underground bunker. <laughs> so I, I went to the underground bunker so, pro tip, behind a yellow house or a blue house, behind a blue house, there is a little underground bunker. And you can go there to sleep in Sanctuary <laughs> because the workshop thing was not available yet. Mm-hmm. I was scared of the mole rats, so I didn't want to go get dog meat. <laughs> so I waffled around for a long time, and finally I went and got dog meat. And the mole rats, they didn't seem so bad. No, so I thought, bad. okay, you know. I can do this. I can do this. I'm going to go to Concord and I'm, I'm going to start this. I'm going to free the Minutemen and we'll get to it. So I walk to Concord and I'm on the way. And that blood bug that's on the edge of town, you know the one? There's two blood bugs, yes. I think. Wait, on, on the way towards the... Uh... Between Red Rocket and, and Concord. Yes, yep, yep. They're feasting on that dead uh, Brahmin. Well, I kill the one blood bug, right? And it's no big deal. I just punch him to death and he's dead. But then his friend comes and attacks me and immediately I contract an infection. (laughs) And this infection takes an eighth or so of my health every couple of minutes. And at this point, I'm just out of the vault. I have no resources. I have like four stim packs and it is just it's really draining me fast. I think, okay, I have to get some antibiotics. So I go to Abernathy Farms, and they don't sell antibiotics. There's no antibiotics in the house. I think, okay, sometimes there's a drug dealer in that little campsite on the edge of Concord. I go there. No drug dealer, no antibiotics. I'm searching everywhere. I can't find any. So I think, okay, I'm going to have to go to a doctor. And, and get myself cured. And I think the closest doctor is in Diamond City. So I beeline for Diamond City. 
and I make it there at level two. I roll into Diamond City at level two. I have no more stim packs, no more food. Oh my gosh. And I, I was like, I couldn't believe that I even just made it there. I was having to sneak everywhere. It was so scary. And I almost died on the doorstep of Diamond City because you have to watch Piper go through her little banter with the mayor. And during this, it's taken another hit on my health, another hit on my health. Finally, I got in there. I spent all of my caps on being cured. And and uh, thank goodness I was cured. And I ran to uh, to the hotel because there are no free beds in Diamond City. Ran to the hotel and... Uh, and got uh, a room to save, and uh, yeah, that was that was really something. You and on the, go ahead. No, I was gonna say you do know that there's a, a doctor that roams around, sanctuary. Yeah, but he was not there. Uh, he was okay. not there, Rick. <laughs> he was not there, Just... and I couldn't wait for him. So at level two, there I was at Diamond City. And on the way home, I actually uh, ran into. The paladin dance situation. Oh yeah. And I thought, hmm, you know, I, I should I should just come back later for this. And then I can hear them like fighting the the ghouls. And I I just I couldn't wait. So I went up there and at level four <laughs> I fought the ghouls with paladin dance <laughs> with my fists. And I, I couldn't believe I survived through that. That was that was pretty cool. And I came back and ran the Museum of Freedom with a boxing glove and Piper. <laughs> and the actual Museum of Freedom itself, the Raiders, was not so bad. Um, but I was pretty scared of the Deathclaw because I thought, okay, I can't use the minigun for the Deathclaw and, and hold to my, my not firing a shot. So I go out and uh, I put on the power armor and I grab the minigun to sell and put it in my inventory, put it away right away. And I jumped off the roof in the power armor, and then I sneaked off downtown and took a nap. I'm not, I'm not going to comment <laughs> on that sentence. And when I woke up, the Deathclaw had killed all the raiders, and his health was down to just a little bit. So I punched the Deathclaw, and I got this glitch, and the Deathclaw flew to the moon, just flew high in the air. It was brilliant. And then I, sh I was like, this is such a cool glitch. And I shouted, Xbox, record that. And then I remembered that I was playing on PC. <laughs> nice. I would like to say that I haven't played Unarmed much in Fallout 4 until now. And the critical animations are awesome. Forrest Gump grabbed a raider and like suplexed him into to death into the ground. It oh, was amazing. That's awesome. It was so good. And uh, I went ahead and established sanctuary and took a nap. And my day night cycle is all messed up in this game. I'm sleeping in the day because I need to save, and I'm up at night and I can't sleep because then it'll. It'll mess it up. I don't know. It's terrible. I'll wake up hungry, use my, my limited food. So we're back in, in Forrest Gump disaster land. And, uh, <laughs> I love this land. I've been enjoying it. I've really been enjoying it. I look forward to getting back to it today. Awesome. Awesome. I, I know that I have been looking forward to your Forrest Gump stories 
And I'm really upset that armor can't break. Yeah. Because of how many times you would be naked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to more stories from Forrest Gump. So I started a new character, go figure. His name is uh, Stricker, which I don't know why I named him that. It just sounded like Sergeant Stricker. I don't know. Uh, I, I role-played him as like a power armor mechanic. So in that case, I focused him on pistols or gunslinger, if you will. Um, armorer. I focused on toughness and uh, gun nut and lone wanderer. And like I said before, I wanted him to be a loner. So when I left the vault, I went to Sanctuary and started deconstructing everything there. I built up what I could, the essentials, so like just a few things. Uh, not really any defense because I didn't have any um, circuitry. Um, scrapped everything I could. I went down to Red Rocket to go get dog meat and killed the mole rats there. They were fairly simple. I sent mole, uh, yeah, I sent mole rat. I sent dog meat back to Sanctuary just to kind of guard it because again, I had the lone wanderer perk at this point. I wanted to kind of be a loner. Uh, I went out. Uh, I went out wandering, if you will, and I found a bloat fly. And I was thinking to myself, I got a 10 millimeter pistol and nothing to lose. I'll take this stupid little insect on. It was the longest bloat fly fight I've ever had in my life. <laughs> I went through three clips of 10 millimeter ammo just to kill the stupid thing. And I, for the trouble, I did get uh, some antibiotics and some meat. So, um,. I was happy about that, but I was hurt pretty bad, so I went back to Sanctuary and healed up a little bit. Um, I also just explored the area around a little bit. I didn't go too far away, and it was pretty early on that I realized I'm going to need people to survive. So I'm going to go down to Concord and rescue Preston, Preston and the gang from the... Excuse me. I keep getting the hiccups, guys. From the Raider Onslaught that was happening there. So I gear up what I had because I didn't have much, you know, and ran down to Concord to go rescue him. And I went into the the building there. I killed a few people that are outside and I went into the building and the first floor was pretty simple to kill. It was like, you know, shot them all with one shot for the most part with a laser musket. It wasn't difficult at all. Easy. I got to the second floor and I got to the room where the two uh, acetylene, oxyacetylene tanks are sitting in the display case for some reason. And there's two raiders in there that are talking to each other. And I pop a Molotov and I hit it on the back wall, but it wasn't close enough to, to hit them. It was just close enough to piss them off. So the one throws a Molotov and hits me as I'm retreating, as one would do. And um, I stim pack. And I turn around as I'm reloading my laser musket to see the face of a raider with a double barrel shotgun. Two shots, I was dead. It was bang, bang, dead. It's like, great. Reloaded. I lost like 45 minutes to a half an hour of time and building and scrapping. So it took a lot for me not to just close the game there because <laughs> it frustrated me. So I kind of did that over again. Went to Concord. Actually got to Preston Garvey. Got the uh, bobblehead from there. Got to the roof, and I was like, sweet, power armor, I'll survive now. I got the minigun, and I'm fighting these raiders on the ground from the roof, and I'm realizing that every shot is taking away about an eighth of my health. It's really doing a lot of damage to me, even though I'm in power armor. It, granted, the power armor, even though it was a full set, was still damaged in some respect. So I was taking a lot of hits, and it was kind of cool. It changed the dynamic of the game, where I just didn't jump off the roof and then mow away with the minigun. I was 
popping up, shooting, crouching, and watching the dust from where they're hitting the uh, cement and bricks in front of me just kind of fly up and the sparks every once in a while when I hit the power armor. And it just kind of created a more intense situation of like, I know I'm going to die if I stick my head up for too long. At the same time, I don't have anything long range and I can't hit them and I don't want to face them at close range at this point. So I do what I can from the roof, finish off most of them, jump down, take out a few more raiders as I'm moving up the street to trigger the death claw, if you will. Oddly enough, I actually didn't die from the death claw. I killed it by doing the running inside the building, it running away. I'm coming out, it running at me and shooting it routine as we all do at that point in the game. Finally killed it. Go back to talk to Preston and send them all to Sanctuary where I give them some jobs, plant some plants and that sort of thing. Kind of establishing my home base. So uh, after that, um, I started looking around for beds around Concord because I realized if I'm going to be traveling, I need to know where places are to sleep. So I figured out where a few of those are. And at this point, I was like level six and I had only been to Concord. That's as far as my little radius has, had been. Uh, I think I went to the junkyard that was just east of Sanctuary. Um, I know I did go to Abernathy Farm at one point and trigger the raider quest there to get, retrieve the locket. I also know that uh, I went down to Wicked Shipping and cleared that out just to get the supplies there. So Preston Garvey gave me a mission to go talk to Ten uh, What was it? Ten Pines? Ten Pines Bluff. Ten Pines Bluff. And I had to go clear USAF Olivia. I went to the junkyard where there's a sentry bot, um, a fat man, and I think a magazine. And I decided to check out that sentry bot because I know before you could pop in a hollow tape in your pit boy and kind of control the sentry bot. Kind of. Except it never moved. So I popped uh, the hollow tape in my pit boy and told it to go to Olivia, the air, the air base, and defend it. And it said, you know, whatever it says in its, you know, sentry bot voice. And it started to move towards Olivia. And I said, great! This is awesome! I'm happy about this. It's going to go, like, take care of that base. So it goes towards Olivia. I, fi I finished clearing out some mole rats that had just surprised me at the uh, junkyard. And as I'm walking, I find the power armor near the downed vertebrate that's right near Olivia Air Base. Um, and I hop in that, and I hear all this shooting going on. And I see the sentry bot is in a firefight, essentially, with a couple of rad stags. And I was like, well, you're pretty much useless. So it kills the rad stags, I collect their meat and hides, and then it turns around and heads straight back to the junkyard. So I figured, well, this was fun. It was completely useless. And then I go into the airbase, and it actually did clear out all of the raiders that were outside of the base, leaving the only raiders alive were inside the base instance. So I entered there, cleared it out with no trouble at all, even though I faced a guy with a minigun that just chewed through that power armor I was wearing. Um, cleared it out, you know, did the ten, went over to Ten Pines, settled that quest, and then I realized that I had to go to the Corvega factory to retrieve this locket. Now... I was level eight or nine at this point and hiked back to Sanctuary to unload, upgrade my power armor that I got from um, Concord, and just kind of gear up again. Pick the weapons with the most ammo. At this point, I was focusing on pistols, so I picked the pistol, upgraded as much as I could, and then set out for Corvega. I got down to Corvega in the power armor that I had lightly upgraded. Not everything was at Model B, but most of it was. It was all winterized, I think, except for one leg. And I had a 10mm pistol that was my strongest weapon at this point. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but in front of Corvega factory, there's a pipe that you can enter and go in through the basement. And you can kind of surprise the enemies there. So that's what I did. 
found the pipe, went inside. There's a few um, ghouls that get taken out by a a mark something turret. So I wait till the turret clears all the feral ghouls away. Then I take out the turret, collect what I can there. Um, I walk up this little hallway area, drop a drop a frag mine on the ground because I know there's a few enemies around, and I shoot twice to trigger, you know, just to piss everyone off and have them come explore. I hear the frag mine go off. I get the XP, ka-ching. So I'm like, yes, I got a few. So I walk up, you know, past the door where I had laid the frag mine and look to my left. And there's a couple things on fire just because of the, you know, the frag mine. What I did not realize is that the engine block that was just sitting on a table on fire explodes. So I go tra-la-la-la right past the door and boom, this thing explodes, killing me with it. And then I had to start over. So I was like, okay, the second time I know to avoid that thing, I go through the same routine, drop the frag mine, shoot twice. The guy comes out, boom, frag mine goes. I wait for a while. The engine block, the engine block explodes. So be careful of that thing in the Corvega factory. So after that exploded, I went and started clearing everything out. Did the mission inside the Corvega factory with fair amount of ease. If you just take your time and pop it in and out of cover, um, got the locket, slept to save. And as I exited, at this point, I was pretty badly shot up through the firefight. My leg was missing, or not my leg, but the power armor leg was damaged and irreparable. The other one was in the red condition. So I was pretty beat up. And I left the Vega factory and started taking out a few of the guards around the area. I see a grenade fly past me. The indicator is directly behind me, so the grenade is 180 degrees behind me. And I'm like, this will be fine. And I sprint forward far enough away to the uh, indicator goes off my screen. And then, boom, something blew up because of the grenade that just blew me to smithereens. So I had to reload again. And then did the same routine again. Just left through the front of the building, shot my way out, and ran straight back to Sanctuary with my tail semi between my legs because I won. But at the same time, I ran away from a bunch of raiders that were trying to kill me. The thing that I noticed about this is that I didn't kill everyone. I didn't I didn't stay and finish the entire fight. I ran away. I also was severely damaged, running low on health and ammo. The survival mode is the reason for that, and it just brought back this love of Fallout that I was mm-hmm. missing so bad from, from this game. And I was like, holy crap, I feel like I was actually in a firefight for once. I didn't come out on top, per se. I still won, but it was a very earned win, you know? Uh, I, yeah. I I fought tactically. I fought well, so I knew it wasn't necessarily I sucked at the game. I didn't waste ammo because I can shoot really well. It's just that there wasn't a lot of ammo. The enemies can be a bit of a bullet sponge depending on their level. And it was just genuinely difficult. And it felt so good to have a problem in that game for once that wasn't like there's so much to do. It's just it takes a lot to finish one quest. And um, on the way back, avoiding different raider patrols, knowing that I didn't have enough ammo to take them out, or I didn't want to waste the ammo taking them out because the payoff wasn't going to be as good. So it just, it just, you know, the game has become alive to me again. And on that note of like how you were saying you want to play this again, I've been re-listening to We're Alive podcast. If you guys haven't checked that out, it's awesome. It's a uh, like a radio program about a apocalyptic scenario it's amazing it's called we're alive it's free on itunes i've been listening to that all day today and it's got me so ready for this podcast and it's got me so ready to hop back on the fallout tonight um back on the voice note how you were um saying that playing as a an idiot the voice doesn't kind of fit the character 
I'll say that when I play two different male characters and the voice is the same, it's the same thing for me. The character that I'm playing now is the uh, mechanic. It's it's a different character. He looks completely different. I've role played him differently. Um, mm-hmm. I even changed the wife's look. And you're right. When that is the case, it is super hard to get past their voice, and they look different. Yeah. So, uh, as much as you know, it's a bummer to have voice acted for that reason. I still don't mind it, but I did notice that as well. Like, I was trying to think to myself, like, why does it feel so weird for me to create a different looking character than the one I have? And the Mm. reason is just because of the voice. The voice acting is really a double-edged sword. It's very well done, and I enjoy listening to it and seeing my character perform it. But it does affect roleplay negatively. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I... It takes a little bit, but you can. I, I can get past it again. Like I said, survival mode has brought me back to where I wanted to be with Fallout 4. And survival so, mode is so good. So happy they brought it back. I am so sorry for all of you console players that can't access the beta, but just wait. It is so freaking worth the wait. It's going to be worth it. Yeah, it is. It's, it's everything you'd want it to be if you're into that sort of thing. Now, we had a few people in our chat room talk about the gameplay challenge. We do have a recap of well, two weeks ago's gameplay challenge and a new challenge for you guys. So let's go ahead and get into our slideshow. Right. Last week's challenge was to, on Fallout Shelter, on Survival, build Rick and Shaleen Dwellers and send them into the wasteland. Uh, where are we starting, Rick? Uh, right here. Sorry, I was getting it. Okay. That's Vendertron. Oh, he ran short on time and had to make Rick black. So. <laughs> I like that. Besides the fact that he named me Rick McKitten. Yeah, Rick McKitten and Scribe Shaleen. Yeah. Thanks, Vendertron. We're adorable. Uh Uh-huh. Rick McKitten. What the? And that one is Zach Gerlipson's Gerfuffelson. (laughs) He said Rick was killed by a Mirelurk hunter, and after two days, Shalene is still going. There should be the picture of me in there, too. Um, This should be the other way around, personally. Well, you know. Whatever. You're wrong, but (laughs) that one is... From Whiskernits at Whiskernits on the uh, on Twitter, she said Shalene was sad about killing the dog, but Rick wasn't. So that's her <laughs> Rick dweller there in the little greaser uniform. Of course. And uh, carrying a Gauss rifle, and Aww. then there's a Shalene in there somewhere too in the slideshow. Awesome. That is. I don't. Oh. No, who that is. I didn't get that in the notes. Okay, well, apparently I should have dropped some breadcrumbs because I forgot where I'm at. <laughs> After being in the wasteland for a minute, I've lost myself. <laughs> yeah, Rick is lost. He's wearing, like, the, the knight outfit. I've never seen that before. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, I, I have that. It's like a medieval armor set. Oh, that's cool. Pretty cool. So I don't, I don't, I'm sorry that I didn't write down whose that is. <laughs> that's Bree Thibodeau. Um, she said that she put you in power armor and me in nightwear. <laughs> so, okay. thanks. Thanks for that. I, I look real prepared with a negligee and a garter <laughs> going to, into the wasteland. Hey, granted, you have a thirty thirty. so. Yeah. Wow, you look more uh, BA there. And you have, a little, you have a little friend. Yeah, there I am in some combat armor. Who's and... I'm looking, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. <laughs> that is Gerfuffelson's me. That oh, is still in the wasteland after two days. Awesome. Well, you're surviving on that one. Yeah. And there is me from Whisker Knits. 
you can see I was like, oh, yeah, it was so sad to kill the dog, but I had no choice. <laughs> that is so funny. That is... Looks like I have the rail gun there and the engineer outfit. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what that is. Railway rifle. Oh, and we are back to the beginning. So thanks, everybody, who participated in the challenge. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, <laughs> I like the fact that somebody put you in nightwear. Like, yeah, this, this will be fine. <laughs> oh, man. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Uh, next week, we do have we do have a um, challenge for you guys. Because the DLC comes out, we want to see your Thunderdome builds. So send us, send us your screenshots of your Thunderdome builds and some of your favorite matchups. Who you I have. cannot wait to see your Thunderdomes. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, and if you aren't getting the DLC... Make your own challenge in the thorn or the pit, i.e. run the thorn with a switchblade slash naked. So, yeah, if you're not getting the DLC, use the pit of the thorn. But we are really excited to see your Thunderdome builds and to see who you pit against who. So, yeah, we also, excuse me, we also have a hashtag pit board update for you guys. Oh, man, again with the names. The top automatron player is... Uh, El Schnuckelheimer. There you go, El Schnuckelheimer. At 166,835 points. Uh, we also have uh, a high score on Zeta Invaders, the Zach Gerluff at 19,250, and Pipfall at Mr. G Fun at 31,970. So, if you want to get your name on our hashtag Pipboard, play any game in that and uh, post a screenshot of your high score, and we'll see who is on top next week. I plan on trying to take on Eishnuckelheimer's 166,000 on Automatron because I love Automatron. Mm -hmm. That's my favorite one. The so, twin stick shooter? I'm bad at those. Oh, yes, I did want to mention that um, when you send us your screenshots of your challenges, please use the hashtag, hashtag FOTR challenge. And if you want to send us your high score on your Pip-Boy games, make that hashtag, hashtag Pip-Board. So, yeah, thank you very much for that. And we are looking forward to updates next week. So, Lore, why don't you take it away with the Lore this week? Sure. This week, the Lore is Mole Rats. I decided on Mole Rats because I figured we would all be scared of them in survival mode. <laughs> and turns out it's Blowflies. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mole Rats appear in every Fallout game except Tactics. These giant rodents were engineered by the United States before the Great War, there are two distinct species of mole rat. Those in New California are covered in fur and are actually descended from moles. East Coast and Mojave Wasteland mole rats are furless and come from naked mole rats, a species not native to the United States. They are the result of government experiments. Hmm. Mole rats have sharp claws and tusks. In Fallout 3, on the Pentagon Library Terminal in the Citadel, it states that the capital wasteland mole rats are the result of a government program called Cloacina, I don't know how to say it, C-L-O-A-C-I-N-A, to develop an invasive life form that would be planted in China with the goal of undermining the Chinese war effort. Uh, the idea was that they would breed so fast and be so destructive that they would really, you know, just give the Chinese a problem. Right. A genetic kill switch was included to help the U.S. Army destroy the, the mole rats after the theoretical fall of China. Huh. So I think it would be a really cool quest someday to be able to, like, find this genetic kill switch and activate it. I think that would be pretty rad. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Except, 
It'd feel too much like that stupid ending of Gear of Gears Gears of War, where it's like there's just like the big reset button and it fixes everything. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just think it would be fun. Researchers attempted to further enhance mole rats through the use of FEV, but FEV rendered the creatures sterile, which basically just con- contradicted their whole goal of having <laughs> these fast-breeding, divisive creatures. De- um, divisive, destructive is what I meant to say. <laughs> Words are hard. <laughs> Varieties of mole rat from the different games include hairy mole rat, hairy albino mole rat, mole rat pup, Giant mole rat, giant naked roll mat, mole rat, glowing, <laughs> glowing mole rat, mole rat brood mothers, and mole rat queen. There has been some success in domestication of mole rats, evidenced by the mole rat racetrack near Grey Ditch in Fallout 3, and the presence of Snuffles, a tame mole rat in Sloan in Fallout New Vegas. Which you can heal. Mm-hmm. And should. The mole rats of Fallout 4 possess the ability to tunnel and can be pacified with the animal friend perk. Suicide mole rats with landmines strapped to their back can also be found as part of a random encounter. (laughs) In Vault 81, the player can get a mole rat disease, reducing max HP by 10. My character has the mole rat disease. My character also has the mole rat disease. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Well, I didn't know you could get it, so I didn't try avoiding it. But however, those stupid tunnel things, it's like it buries in the dirt and pops up through a second floor metal f- platform. That's impressive. There's a really great piece of concept art of a, a mole rat queen that has an acid vomit attack. Oh, that's right. That everybody should look up. Well, I'll tweet that after the show. I'll try and find it and tweet it. It's a really great that. little sketch of the, of the mole rat queen. I did forget about that. That's awesome. I uh, I hate mole rats, um, especially in Fallout 4 because of that tunneling thing. Because if I'm walking and all of a sudden I hear this, I know that one just dug down to pop up somewhere. The mm-hmm. tunneling thing scares the crap out of me, especially in survival mode. It's definitely it's definitely a terrifying experience. But um, the easiest way to kill mole rats, shotguns is what I use. What do you, do you use anything specific? I tend to use a melee weapon like a sword for or mole rats. A sword. A sword. a sword. Or you could use the mole rat repellent stick, which just so happens to be our weapon of the week. I don't know how that happened. But uh, it's found in Fallout 3. It's a stick with mole rat repellent on it, given to you by Moira Brown at the Crater Side Supply in Megaton. Um, during, it's part of the Wasteland Survival Guide quest that you can pick up the full copy in any New Vegas dungeon or trailer. Um, or you can find in various places in Fallout 4. Although you're not credited on the buy, so I'm sorry uh, to whoever helped write that book. Anyway, the repellent is a mixture of Jet and Psycho, which seems like a good idea. Moira tells the player that the, uh, that a gentle tap could cause the mole rats to feel bad and quit behaving aggressively. The actual result is a violent allergic reaction that causes a mole rat's head to smoke and explode. The weapon is exceptionally durable, and the player can strike about 2,000 times before it breaks. Now, the experience I have had with the Fallout 3 mole rat repellent stick is as follows. I swing, things explode, I die. That's pretty much Really? I absolutely hate that stupid stick, because I always went to this little mole rat den where they congregate, Mm -hmm. and started swinging around, and they just all kind of exploded and attacked me all at the same time, and it was just not a good, it was not good. 
See, I usually carry that mole rat repellent stick with me forever because it's so <laughs> effective against the mole rats. It is highly effective against mole rats, but I just, I don't know. I just use it for that quest and then take it back to Moira. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I usually carry it forever and then bust it out when I get attacked by mole rats. So. Also, you know, it's got that green, you know, goo on the top. It's very stylish. <laughs> it kind of blends in with that green fade that's all over Fallout 3. <laughs> It's delightful. <laughs> I yeah, I still like that. So that's the mole rats repellent stick. Um, but if you want to repel mole rats in Fallout Four, just use a shotgun. It's pretty simple. So yeah, we have a few emails this week. Uh, why don't you take it, Shaleen? Sure. This is an email. Another one from November. Uh, I'm trying to work through some of our older ones as well as some of the newer ones. Miguel writes, "Hey, Fallout OTR crew. Hey guys. So I just went through a breakup with a girl I really did love." I wanted to let you know that your podcast really does help me to cheer up when I can listen to it. I wanted to ask, what crazy weapon combinations you'll come up with in Fallout 4? I'm going to make a plasma sniper silenced missile launcher. Haha, <laughs> 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 thanks for your time. <laughs> so what weapons so, have you come up with? I uh, put a bayonet on a missile launcher, which was probably <laughs> one of my sillier ones. <laughs> um... I can't think of anything that I've done that's been quite silly. I I know I've picked up stuff that didn't make much sense, like a fully automatic with a scope um, didn't mm -hmm. really make much sense. So, But I, I tend to not make a lot of crazy... Um, I, I tend to not make a lot of crazy combinations just because it's not tactically, tactically sound and I'm not a non-tactical player. Mm -hmm. uh, I think maybe when I was using melee a little bit more for the female character I had started. I, what did I do? I did a baseball bat with saw blades and that seemed a little ridiculous, but those are so cool looking though. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Especially when you I have a bladed brass knuckles right now for forest that I made and that's, they're pretty rad. That's awesome. That is awesome. Um, so yeah, we have a newer email, uh, from Dylan. Uh, I'm so pumped for survival mode. I've been trying to prepare for it a bit by not fast traveling, eating and drinking at least once a day and taking smaller amounts of ammo weapons with me and more food and health items. So he's prepping already for survival in a survival oriented game. <laughs> One thing I'm really sketched out about is not being able to save without sleeping. This has me worried for a number of reasons, bugs, real life, getting in the way of uh, fun life, etc., etc. I wish slash hope so, so badly that they add a campsite function, something you could buy or craft. That would be essentially a rolled up sleeping bag in your inventory that you could choose to take with you or leave at home, make it weigh like 20 pounds so that there is a con to taking it. If you don't plan on being out too long, do you guys think this is a possible mechanic in the game? Thanks for reading. Love the show. And that was from Dylan. I thought about this because I know in New Vegas they allowed you to sleep at any open campfires once you got a perk. So mm -hmm. I think if they made it craftable, weighed a lot, and also be, you know be uh, behind a perk wall, if you will, I think mm -hmm. that might that you you know maybe you'll get it at a later uh, level. I think that might help. I think if they let you just get it right from the beginning, like level one right out of the vault, you can craft this sleeping bag even though it does weigh X amount of pounds. I think that would kind of break the uh, mechanic and the motif they're going for. But um, I, I, I don't know. What do you think? I think they'll never do that. I would love something like that, a sleeping bag or like, I don't know, just some way to, to quickly save. Even, like I said earlier, maybe a save state that deleted itself as soon as you booted up the game so that you couldn't load the save. 
but I, I don't think it'll ever happen. Yeah, I, I kind of feel you on that. I, I could see them implementing some sort of like safe state, like you mentioned, if enough people talk, you know, complain about this, this particular issue. However, once you get enough settlements, once you figure out where beds are, um, I think your gameplay will change to kind of go along with what it is that you do yeah. in your life. So I, it sure feels like there are fewer beds than there were before. It does. Um, I know the way that I kind of alleviate this is by kind of staying local. I don't necessarily just run off into the wasteland very far, uh, because I know that I have to save and I know that I don't want to lose a lot of progress. So I'm doing things pretty incrementally. And, and, you know, that's just one way I find myself avoiding it because I do have a daughter as well. But at the same time, if something happens in real life, I'm just going to either pause the game and leave or just close the game because it's just a game. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, any any other thoughts that you have on the show? No. Awesome. So, yeah, you can tweet at the show at Fallout OTR. You can... <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing at the chat. <laughs> one of our... Regulars just left and now just came back. So sorry, buddy. Good timing, Grafuffelson. You missed the whole show. <laughs> you can tweet at us at Fallout OTR on Twitter. You can tweet at me at Rick McVick, and you can also tweet at Shaleen at Shaleen L. You can email the show fall uh, at gmail. Uh, yeah, Fallout OTR at gmail dot com. You know, let us know your thoughts and that sort of thing. Uh, like this video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. It means a lot to us. You can also find our show on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Leave us a review on iTunes. Let us know what you think. Here are some five-star review shout-outs that we have. B Betty, 007, Chatroom Guy, Milo Sanks from Australia, and Dan Mos Mosquita. Uh, yeah, I think that's how you pronounce that. Anyway, we record live on Fridays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard on YouTube.com slash Network slash live. You can check out our other great crew GN shows streaming live on YouTube, such as Elder Scrolls Off the Record, Classic Elder Scrolls, Dragon Age Off the Record, Warcraft Off the Record, and Dancing with Daggers that comes on later this evening. Also, I do want to say that uh, our other show, KD Radio, We'll be coming online soon. Um, we're just waiting for the episode zero to drop. And then our first official episode uh, will be April 15th. Um, right after, not right after, but soon after Fallout off the record. We'll update you with times if anything changes. So, you know, if, you're in, if you are interested in checking that show out, um, you can follow that show at KD Radio on Twitter. Or just, you know, check out our Fallout feed because we'll uh, probably talk about it more on there. So, yeah, thank you so much for listening, guys and uh, gals. And, Shaleen, what is the last word for the evening? Bringing you the truth, no matter how bad it hurts. <laughs>